When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the 33rd edition of the Jaguar Report podcast. My name is Gus Logue. I'm here with John Shipley. John, happy Ash Wednesday. Is that what people call it per se? What do you mean? Happy Ash Wednesday. Like as an acknowledgement. Like has anyone said happy Ash Wednesday to you? Why would they? No, I'm just kidding. Know. Yeah, no, yeah, no. That's that's exactly what they say. Yeah, no. I, I got, I got. Okay. Bits, like, I'm just making sure I got the lingo right. I did it like 30 minutes before we podcasted, and you're supposed to do it all day, so I can't really do it for 30 minutes just for the sake of a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. Well, today we're going to talk about the NFL Combine, which Shipley is going to next week in Indianapolis. Are you going to make it to that? Uh, like downtown steakhouse that everyone raves about. I heard Elmo's. I, I, Elmo's, yeah. I I'm going someplace on Tuesday with some, you know, uh, riding buddies. I've heard that Elmo's is actually a little overrated. Hmm. Well, well I feel like you'd have to try yourself, but yeah, somewhere well, on Tuesday sounds really good too. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going somewhere. I know it's on Elmo's, but I'm going I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I, I'm excited, man. I've I've watched the combine on TV for freaking forever and i've always you know in my time riding you know covering the jaguars i wanted you know to go to combine now i'm able to finally make it happen doug and trent talk on tuesday i want to say doug talks at 12 30 trent talks at one so tuesday we should definitely know a lot i mean that's before the franchise tag deadline, you know, we'll talk about it later, but I'm sure, but man, there's a chance that comes, you know, before anything happens with Evan Ingram. So maybe, you know, you hear from Doug and Trent about that, you know, Trent normally doesn't give away much around this time. I mean, I remember this time last year, uh, his biggest quote from the combine was that the ship hasn't sailed on LaVisca and it quickly sailed afterward. So <laughs> we'll see what this year has to offer. <laughs> We'll see indeed. Are you going to be doing any podcasting in the great state of Indiana? I, 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 are we going to be please. two weeks for the next show? Just trying to plan ahead here. <laughs> the pod. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I'm going to do my best to put my ear to the ground in Annapolis and find every absolutely off-the-wall, asinine Jaguars rumor any NFL <laughs> person believes. So 
Maybe when I get back. Okay, that like, sounds good. We podcast, yeah. I'm sure you have plenty of stories from somewhere on Tuesday. <laughs> That's my plan. That's my plan. That's ninety-five <laughs> percent of the reason I want to go. Yeah, fair. Um. All right. Well, let's dig into it. First, we're gonna go over what positions the Jaguars will probably be looking at the most. Which, before we get into it, is maybe a little bit irrelevant considering last year. As I read in one of John's articles, they drafted two linebackers after paying one big time in free agency. So addressing like big team needs isn't really an assumption we should make. I will say though, I spent that entire draft process projecting them to take Quay Walker at 33rd overall. So I thought they were going to take one inside linebacker. The the second one was kind of the completely random what the hell one, but one inside linebacker, I'll, I'll I'll give them. I like I feel like they make their holes kind of obvious, and then how they treat them is the less obvious one. Like like in two thousand twenty one, receiver was an obvious need, and they're like, okay, Jalen Camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And then like Walker Little is another example on the other side of like kind of going overboard with one position. They yeah. have kind of gone overboard with cornerback, too. It's just that really only one and a half have worked out with Tyson and Darius, I feel like. Um, but, yeah, speaking of cornerback, I would say that that's the biggest, like, long-term need in terms of, like, looking at the draft and the combine. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I mean, if you look at how the Jaguars roster is set to be constructed when the combine rolls around, like, I know no Shaq Griffin move has happened, but – Eventually, it's going to happen. Like that, and restructures and stuff has to basically be their first order of business this offseason, so that they can get under the cap and, you know, officially sign, you know, some of their guys back. So it, it's going to happen eventually. So subtract Shaquille Griffin. You know, for now, subtract Trey Herndon. You know, maybe they bring him back on another cheap one-year deal. Maybe they don't. But you're left with your cornerback room is Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams. You know, two good cornerbacks. Only one of them is really a long-term guy. And then Gregory Jr., Buster Brown, uh, <laughs> Devon Campbell. Like you, you, you don't have a third NFL corner on your roster, you know, right now. So I think cornerback is, you know, probably far and away the biggest need. Whether you want to call that a nickel corner, whether you want to call it outside corner, it doesn't matter because I mean they're an injury away from complete disaster at cornerback if they had to line up and play today. Right. Speaking on Darius Williams, he had a pretty good half season when he lined up outside last year, but he's 30 years old, about to turn 31, I believe, and he's pretty small, and he's a likely cut candidate next offseason just because of the way his contract works. So as John said, not really a long-term solution there. Yeah, no, I mean, his contract, like, if you just, like, looking at details of it, it looks like a completely two-year contract. I mean, he has... You know, if, if they released him this year, you know, he it'd be like $12 million, you know, dev cap. They're obviously not going to do that. But if it happened next year, you know, it's not even a million dollars. It's 500000 dead cap if he's released next year. And they save, you know, $10 million. And that, that's, you know, as much as his cap hits more than his base salaries. I mean, it's pretty obvious that his deal is kind of a two-year deal. So, I mean, they need to prepare for the long-term at cornerback. And they don't, I mean, they, they don't have that. You know, right now they have Tyson Campbell. That's obviously great, but if you want to catch up to the Chiefs and match with the Bengals and you know even some of these other teams, you know from the NFC who the Jaguars would like to play in you know the big game one day, 
mean, they need to stock up on cornerback and late round flyers like Junior and Buster Brown. Like that, that, that it isn't exactly you know what we mean. <laughs> yeah, that ain't it. In other words, I have a question. Uh, Caleb on Chason, possible cut candidate. What do you think? I think he's going to get paid four million or four and a half million this year, and he kind of doesn't yeah. do a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, th- I think he's definitely somebody who is you know, has a chance to potentially, you know, be out. I know he carries, let me see. Yeah, he, you're right. He carries a cap hit of 4.246 million, you know, dead cap of 1.8. If they were to release him, they ended up saving, you know, $2.4 million. So if they wanted like to get some change here or there, I still think that, you know, he, It'd be a different situation if he didn't accept the role that he was in. You know, like some guys, you know, being former first-round picks, top recruits, if they were, like, where he's at now, which is special teams player and, like, third-team defense, you know, like their pride, you know, could obviously be hit and they could, you know, make their displeasurement known. But he seems like he's he's like he's just rocking with it, you know. Like, like he's never, you know, had a problem with it. And I think that they like having him around as kind of, you know, one of those bottom of the 53 guys. Yeah, he's expensive for a bottom of the 53 guy. But man, at the end of the day, you're saving like $2 million with him. I, 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 I think overall they'd bring him back because I just – I don't know how much they're going to invest in Edge, like even though like they should with Josh Allen – you know, being on last year of his deal and Trayvon being a question mark and obviously Smoot here for agents. I still don't know how, like, it seemed like last year they were completely content on, you know, Trayvon and Josh Allen just getting a million snaps. So what would you say that Edge ranks in terms of the long-term needs? Because I think we both made a top five list. I would, I had it ranked cornerback, then defensive tackle, then Edge. That's probably exactly what I have, honestly. I'd, I'd go those three and then... Probably interior offensive line after that. Yeah, I said offensive yeah. guard too. Yeah. And yeah, then the I last mean, one I thought was kind of like more of a toss-up. I just did tight end. Tight end. I, I could see tight end. I I got one. Running back? Okay. Running back? I thought about that one, but like, ETN, I don't know. ETN to me has two more years, like as a general. Right. Or, like, I think. Like, I don't think like this is a front office that's gonna extend the running back even you know maybe maybe three more years you know maybe they pick up his fifth year option like but i just you know for as fun as etn is and he's like genuinely like maybe the most fun player on the team to watch like Mm -hmm. i I can see them needing another starting running back in a couple years people will say you know that's insane that was making sense but i mean you could have said the same thing about james robinson a couple years ago and even leonard Fournette before that i feel like it would be a little bit disappointing if the Jags don't address tight end or running back in this draft class just because both positions seem pretty deep this year. And it's two, yeah. like, secondary needs sort of for Jacksonville. I mean, you'd rather draft a running back and take a roll of the dice on a guy than bring back Jermichael Hasty, or would you rather bring back Hasty? I would definitely roll the dice on a rookie. I yeah. mean, I'm not opposed to bringing back Hasty, but, like, then you'd have to draft another Snoop Connor and hope it works out this time. Like, I mean, they had a decent plan. It just, like, I mean, I don't even know, like, if there was any good, like, super late round players last year. Maybe Zonovan Knight or whoever that Jets running back is. I want to say the Falcons running back, Tyler Algier, went. Oh, yeah. I think he was a fifth rounder. But but I also, I was super low on him, so I can't be like, you idiots. You didn't (laughs) take him. I was like, no, this dude sucks. And he ended up being pretty solid. 
Yeah, he was like he turned it on at the very end of the season. Yeah, like like all I know all the metrics have him as like you know he obviously didn't get the volume as other guys, but like efficiency wise, he was like top five, top ten. Yeah, which is like I feel like all came from the last month. I feel like I he like was pretty much unheard of up until the very end of the season, and then all of a Nobody sudden won. he's popping. Nobody Falcons. That's true. All right. Well, so. We have like we listed the top five needs for the Jaguars long term. Do you think those are like the positions that they're going to be looking at specifically, like in that order? Like they're going to make sure they watch every corner, or do you think it's going to be like a little bit more spread out that, that than that? I I think those are the positions that they're going to place like a big emphasis on. I know, you know, last year the combine happened before free agency, so they obviously paid close attention to receivers. Then for agencies came, they didn't need receivers as much. So I think they're obviously going to have like a balanced, like spread out general plan. But I mean, I could also see, you know, even though we point out these positions as their biggest needs on paper, you know, you mentioned it earlier, you know, even though I was saying, you know, Quay Walker for the Jaguars second pick and they did end up taking a linebacker with their second pick. I don't think anybody predicted, you know, them trading up into the first for one. So maybe they, you know, end up seeing their needs completely different than we do. You know, maybe they surprise everybody and take, you know, like a tight end early, even with Evan Ingram still there. Maybe they take an offensive tackle and piss, piss everybody off or, you know, something. So <laughs> that I, would be pretty great. <laughs> that, that I think would be the funniest pick, like just a pick that would make the most people upset. Yeah, I thought it was going to be – like I feel like Brian Breesey would make a ton of people upset because he just feels like Brian Breesey right now. I Breezy would piss a lot of people off. But, yeah, offensive tackle would definitely be funny, too. I, I forgot about Breezy. Those are, like – and then, like, maybe, like – I feel like the next worst one would just be, like, a cornerback who, like, everyone thinks is, like, the 10th best corner when, like, everybody there's still hates, three really good hates, ones on the board. Everybody hates Ringo, man. He, he was a better prospect than C.J. Henderson was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've had like 80 percent of the replies about Ringo to me being like, "Dear God, I hope the Jaguars don't take this guy." He like he's not perfect, but he didn't jump out to me as a Jesus. If you take this guy at twenty four, it was a terrible pick, you know. And like it's not like a Taven Bryan type pick. Like I, I like Ringo. You like Ringo more than Cam Smith too, right? I do. I do like him more than Cam Smith. Yeah, and I like Cam Smith. Cam Smith's like a really feisty corner who would like I would gladly take that dude in the second round, but. He's not a great tackler, you know. He's he's not going to be very good against the run, and he's not a great deep cover guy. Like it seems like every time he gets beat deep, he bends and grabs at the waist. Like he he tried to German suplex a few dudes and in <laughs> a couple <laughs> games. I, I watched like I like Cam Smith. He just I think his ceiling is probably a bit limited, but he can put clay man and he can play zone. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. So him and Ringo are just like different in the sense that Ringo is probably like more of a master of one trait, but he's like. He, he's he's amazing. I, I, I just press man coverage. Ringo is. I haven't seen a better cornerback at it yet in the guys I've watched. Like in the past few years, too. No, just this year. this year. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> this year. Yeah. No, just this year. Well, I thought you just watched him and Cam Smith so far. What other corners have you watched? Yeah, I, I've watched like other guys on the surface. Now, like the guys I'm breaking down, or I finally have gotten access to. Gotcha. Yeah. 
I completely don't mean this if any colleges are listening, you know, college all 22, which I think is more beneficial for like watching like some positions like receiver, safety, cornerback. Uh, I'm like, I, I, I don't mind using the broadcast copy for like watching like running backs or, you know, some offensive linemen and maybe tight ends and stuff like that. But like, I've watched like Devon Witherspoon. I've watched Clark Phillips. I've watched Christian Gonzalez. Blue from Stanford. I've watched him, but these are just the guys I've like taken a real deep study on. Joey Porter. I've I've watched a little bit of Porter. He's probably like the big name guy I've seen the least so far, but I, I think he's awesome. He's going to get a ton of flags, but I think is I think he's awesome. <laughs> he's my favorite, just like based off the two the, the two YouTube videos I've seen, basically. Well, what was the Danny Kelly and aesthetics? Uh, he, he he like does his like draft uh, guide every year where he makes comparisons and Danny Kelly his comparison was like a cornerback who is the son of Joey Porter <laughs> and I was like that's that's exactly what he what he plays like dude like, <laughs> like he plays like Joey Porter at cornerback dude yeah I guess so I'm not I'm not old enough to remember Joey Porter to be honest you don't remember Joey Porter well did he, he was that the pick six guy yeah I think okay. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I still remember him. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. He last played in 2011, and you were, what, four? <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. Uh, probably the funniest thing he did during your your peak was the most notable thing he did was when the Bengals and Steelers played in a playoff game he got into a scuffle with the Bengals player in like 2015 while he was like the linebackers coach and the flag ended up being <laughs> thrown on the Bengals. And I'm like, what the hell is Joey Porter on the field? I thought he was retired. <laughs> he, he just getting in some dude's face. It was the funniest thing ever. And the Bengals got flagged for it. It was, it was that's fun. awesome. Yeah. That's great. Great story, dad. Thanks, man. Love you, son. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like we've talked enough about just positions. So, are there any like measurements or traits or events like the 40 time versus the cone versus weights versus whatever that stand out to you that the Jaguars could be looking pretty hard at? I think like arm length is definitely something. I think feel like with like corners, like probably 31 and a half to 32 inches is probably like the cutoff. I feel like guys under 195 to 200 pounds are probably not interested in them. Like you, you remember Josiah Scott. I, I think both of us are like fans of his tape. He's gone on to be a fine player yeah. in Philadelphia, but they got rid of him because Trim Balky and you know his front, they don't like tiny cornerbacks. You know, it's like just what it is. And he was, you know, the shortest in height and arm length and frame corner that Dave Caldwell regime ever drafted. So yeah, I, I think that just kind of shows like, you know, the kind of corners they want are guys who are big, tall, and can run. And I mean that's that's Tyson Campbell. That's Buster Brown. That's uh, Gregory Jr. Uh, the only guy I can think of who's really like kind of a stick among those guys is Brown. But he was what like a seventh round pick. So I feel like probably yeah. like like honestly a guy like Ringo is six two two hundred five pounds. I feel like like that that's what they're looking for ideally in a cornerback. Yeah, Ringo definitely feels like the pocket pick. I feel like we've said it a bunch, and like I feel like. Uh, you you mentioned tackles tackling earlier, and I think that's pretty huge. Like, just the ability that Ringo brings against the run compared to Smith is a pretty wide gap. Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then lets you distribute it everywhere and anywhere. 
and even earn money right from it. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here is how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, no matter where you're at, you can start creating today. And I, I think even, I, I want to say honestly, the three count is probably a thing that I think would play pretty big into their evaluations, you know, obviously for bulky, you know, for defensive linemen, for corners, defensive backs, but I think also for the offense, like I think the biggest trait they emphasized on offense last year, both among like the offensive linemen they added and the skill players they added was that ability to kind of create laterally and, you know, change direction. It, it was like they, they went for guys who could, you know, do better on breaking routes and stuff and guys who could, who could be good on movement plays in the running game along the offensive line as compared to, like, you know, just dominant gap blockers or downfield stretchers. So I feel like the three-cone is a drill that, you know, anybody who can get basically under seven seconds in the front seven is really impressive. And, you know, seeing how some of, you know, the tight ends run it because – you know, they obviously didn't use Dan Arnold like at all last year because you know <laughs> why would you when you have hey, you know, like, hey uh, careful now no Dan Arnold fans out there <laughs> I I had somebody ask me during training camp when he was going to overtake Evan Ingram on the depth chart what wait when during training camp people Pete. Ingram had a weird training camp in the sense that he had like some of the offense's worst plays. Like he would drop like obvious touchdowns, but he was also the only dude like making any exciting plays other than ETM. So yeah, that, but I mean they need another tight end, like just for like a body, honestly, behind Ingram. Like if Ingram gets hurt, you don't want Garrett Prince, you know, like like <laughs> running in your two tight end sets, you know, like you no, need you another, don't. Like, and this is such a deep tight end class. I think you get a tight end right. in the third or fourth round who could be that you know, kind of Robin to Ingram Batman. Yeah. Again, I'd be pretty disappointed if they leave the draft without tight end considering its strength. And what like, you, I mean, what... it's still. Go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I would be a little bit surprised by like a first round tight end, but I wouldn't rule that out either. Oh, that's. It, it depends on me which tight end. Like, it, it, it can't be Dalton Kincaid. I saw something that he's like leading like some I want to say it was mock draftable or somebody like he he's one of the leading names among like in all mock drafts of the Jaguars in the first round and if you re-sign Evan Ingram you can't roster I'll think Kincaid no like he'd, be, he'd be Dan Arnold man like you need somebody who can play the who can put their hand in the dirt you know and hey, it Kincaid, depends on how the board falls John yeah yeah let the board breathe let the board breathe yeah, yeah. You, you can't take Musgrave. He's more like I. Lo- I really like Musgrave, but he's just an athlete. You know, he's not a blocker. To me, if you're going to take any skill player at 24, Michael Mayer is the only one to me that makes sense. And even him, he's probably not, not going to produce in the passing game enough to be like, okay, this was a great pick at 24, especially when you're already paying Ingram. But he's really good after the catch. He's really good at the catch point. I think he's a better athlete than he's given credit for. He's not fast in a straight line, but he's like 6'6", 265 pounds. You know, he's a freaking tank. So, you know, of course, he's not super fast in a straight line. 
He's good in the running game. I mean, he, he to me, like, if you're going to take a skill player, especially a tight end 24, to me, it has to be Meyer. Like, I, I don't see any of these other tight ends to where I'm like, yeah, they make they make sense. Like, I've seen Kincaid mock there, and I've seen Musgrave mock there. If you bring back Ingram, you can't you can't make that pick. Like, that'd be <laughs> – I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a pick that was, like, that, on the surface. Honestly, that would probably be worse than Brisey and an offensive tackle would be him. It, it, it'd be – the Especially if Ingram's problem. deals multiple years. Three to four. Three to four? Yeah. Okay. By Friday? You're asking too many questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, like I, I said, can squeeze in one more. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let, there's some house cleaning that needs to be done first, you know, like but Shaquille Griffin, etc., and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's the best part of the offseason. I got cuz kind of have started around the league already. Yeah. And Seahawks have like extended two guys or something like. So it's it's going to start mm-hmm. trickling over the next couple of weeks. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I feel like Mayer is like one of the really good guys who's like almost underrated at this point and like or just like one of the guys that everyone is just overthinking. Like he's just a ginormous person that crushes yeah. everything in front of him and has been producing at Notre Dame since he was a freshman. Like so. he's not like he's not the best athlete at that. Like he, he's obviously not Kyle Pitts or anything. Like nobody's going to mistake him for a wide receiver. But to me, he's way better than Pat Fryer moves. He's way better than that really. Hawkinson. I think I think he's better than Hawkinson. Yeah, no, I think he's. But I I didn't love Hawkinson as a pro, as a prospect. He's better than the dude from Colorado, Troy McBride, who uh, Trey McBride, whatever, who the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, no, he he's a lot like Pat Fryermuth was like. A Y tight end who couldn't actually play Y tight end, and whereas <laughs> Mayor he can actually do it. You know he he he, he can some man football. You know some old school lunch pail, etc. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. I mean, and, I mean, you could probably yeah. make that same argument for Washington from Georgia too. But my Mayor is like Washington's a complete projection as like a pass catcher, whereas Mayor has like. Two of the most productive Notre Dame tight end seasons ever. Yeah, I feel like you can start scheming stuff up for him immediately. Uh, that would be the most funnest pick, I think, would be Mayer, just to see what like Donkey Cook up in two tight end sets. It, it like it would be like it'd be one, it'd be like the ETN pick, like where it's like, no, this it's terrible value, doesn't make any sense, shouldn't happen, but <laughs> hey, it could be fun. But let's ride. <laughs> yeah, it could be fun. Be can you imagine? Can you imagine ETN if Herbert Meyer got more than one year in the NFL? That man would have been in hell. Yeah, he he uh, he would have put him at receiver, dude. <laughs> I think he would have given him like twenty five touches a game. He would have put until him at receiver. ETN just broke. It, it happened. He broke in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, the funniest story. <laughs> The B career, I'm pretty sure I've told you this before. I, it, but ETN, when he got hurt, James Robinson, like I, I was talking, I interviewed him, you know, after a Jaguars practice. Uh, you know, I was just like asking him, you know, his thoughts on ETN getting hurt and stuff. This happened you know, in 2021. He was like, Yeah, he came off the field and said he heard a pop in his foot, and then he went back on. <laughs> Why did you go back on? But he's good now. He, that just that sounds just like J Rob, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, you, can tell, 
I don't, I don't remember which PR person, what, like PR staff member it was who was next to us, like observing, but you could see they're out there like, <laughs> it was good. It was a good bit, but glad to see ETN beat the Lens Frank charges. That's true. He did it. Job well done. Um, are there any other like prospects names besides Mayer and Ringo and Smith? Um, like if Breezy, like what are just like first round potential targets that you might be keeping a, a special eye on in Indianapolis? Yeah, like I want to see how Osiris Torrance, you know, obviously uh, tests. I think, like, you know, if you're going to go offensive line in round one, I think he's probably the guy that makes the most sense. You know, he obviously on tape, you know, great pass blocker, you know, really good in the running game. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how he does. Uh, you, you know, we talked about it, you know, offensive sack will be a hilarious pick, but what if they went for, you know, a guy like Roderick Jones, you know, from Georgia at 24 and just made every, made everybody, you know, throw hammers to the TV. But I'm interested to, you know, like see him because he seems like they're kind of offensive tackle. Uh, you know, some other guys, you know, just off the top of my head, I'm interested to see uh, Kalijah Cansey from Pittsburgh. You know, undersized defensive lineman, you know, with really good pass rushing production from Pittsburgh. So everybody's calling him the next Aaron Donald. I, I think he's just like six foot. Uh, I want to say he's like 280. And then Antonio Johnson, I, I watched him uh, deep today. He's a really, uh, like, just solid player. You know, he good cover guy, tackles really good, sideline to sideline, good size, good speed. So those are some guys in that range that I'm probably going to be keeping my eye close on. I just – I don't know if there are any edges or any guys that make any sense for them there. You know, they're, like, out of that Miles Murphy range. Maybe a guy like B.J. Ujolari, but – I mean, he's a little lighter, and I think they would probably target on the edge. But those are probably like the top guys in terms of guys at 24 who I think are probably worth watching for them. And then, you, of course, you have the cornerbacks. You have Ringo, uh, Cam Smith, Christian Gonzalez. You have all these guys who are definitely worth watching. Devin Witherspoon, Clark Phillips, uh, uh, Deep. was it Deontay Banks, I want to say, from Maryland. So, you know, there, there's a lot of different guys to keep track of. Anthony Richardson. That's what I'll be watching. Him. I'll be watching all the quarterbacks just for the sake of curiosity. I, <laughs> Bryce Young's height. Will Levis is everything. I I think the Lions should take Richardson, dude. Yeah, I agree. Like the Lions or the Giants or the Panthers, I think would be pretty fun. Yeah. Like I I'm lower or on the him. Falcons. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm lower on him than a lot of other like chat Twitter people who seem to like him because like I do think he's a better like technical quarterback than give him credit for like he can work a, po- a pocket go through reads and stuff like that but I just I just think he sprays the football like he throws it to different zip codes sometimes so that's that's the only thing give me kind of out like you, you just I think like, he's getting out of control I, I'm putting my flag on him I I told my friends like after he threw like a pass to the flat months ago i was like that's a top 10 draft pick right there because there's like it's like one of those things where it's like five other guys can make the throws that he can make and then like i've seen been seeing a lot of like positive clips about his pocket navigation on twitter but like basically just on like traits and tools and athleticism alone i think he's a top 10 draft pick I, I don't see how Le- Levis goes before him. If Levis is like a traits pick, I don't see how he goes before. Like Richardson's faster. He has a better arm. Like, 
I think it's going to be like the off-field stuff that would put Levis in front. Like I, I don't know anything about Richardson, good or bad, but like I feel like I've read a bunch of like ESPN like Kuiper reports and stuff like that. That's like, oh, Levis has a great character and was a great leader on the team and is going to do great in front of the chalkboard, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of guy you want to marry your daughter. Exactly, John. Precisely. I thought Levis was better in 2021. I, I thought he, he was kind of mid. The, like the only game I thought he was actually kind of okay and was coincidentally against Florida. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. And now everyone's like, "Oh no, that's all right. He's just Josh Allen. It's fine." Yeah, I, was, I, was, I don't know. I've seen it, it's it's good for the Jaguars to not have to be in on this quarterback class because there isn't any mm-hmm. dude that I'm like. Like Bryce Young, obviously, like if, if you're the best quarterback in college football, there has to be a reason for that. Like there has to be a reason he produces like he does. But I mean, dude is he's tiny, man. Like, like, like who who's the only other quarter is there any quarterback his size who's ever made it in the NFL? Like it's what, like Doug Flutie probably? And I'll give him Drew Brees and that's it. how, how much as like Drew a Brees? pocket passer? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask you the uh, most important question of our friendship. How much did Drew Brees weigh as a 21-year-old? Um, a buck 80. A buck 80? No. Stop. Skinny. He was skinny fat. 220? I don't know. I don't know. Wait. He was skinny fat. Let me look. 213. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking about height. You're thinking about like... That it, it has to factor into it, man. Yeah, he's tiny. He's That's like fair. he's like one eighty, dude. He, like it looks like a slot receiver prospect. He looks like Tank Dell or something. <laughs> Tank Dell. I guess Drew Brees was like Loki thick. <laughs> Russell Wilson was definitely thick. Bacon Mayfield, Loki thick. Tariq Woolen said that Russ's physique looked like a sack of potatoes this year. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who looks like a sack of potatoes. That was a good one. Oh man, yeah. So yeah, so again, yeah, young, good but tiny. CJ Stroud, like I feel like he's obviously like he's like he can be Jared Goff, you know. The Georgia game showed he can probably be more, but why didn't you do that in any other game like ever at Ohio State? Like he literally looks like a robot quarterback until the Georgia game, and then the Georgia game it was like, oh, this is what a really good quarterback <laughs> prospect looked like. So right. I probably feel okay taking him in the first. I just don't know how good he's going to be. Richardson, you like you said, he has top ten traits. I, you got to teach him how to throw the football. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If there's any other way to put it, man. I think you got to teach him how to throw the football with some accuracy. And then Levis, like you said, every, everybody, he's the white guy that everybody's going to love. But he's probably like to me, he's like a Mac Jones level prospect. That's that's I. I said Mac Jones was a second round. Great, and I feel okay about that. How he's played so far, his value probably bumps him up to a first rounder. But I don't hate that. I I think the second round grade is fair, but I don't think the second or I think the second grade second round grade is fair for Mac, but not for Levis. Because I don't think Levis should be like a top five pick, but I think like I think he should still be a first rounder because like Mac like can only survive based on like his brain, which isn't a lot in the NFL when there's like the world's best athletes all over you, or at least the countries, I guess. It's but interesting because Mac Jones is Levis actually has like a plan B available with his athleticism and that's a pretty big game changer. Like mobile that's quarterbacks fair. are so valuable. That's fair. Look at us talking quarterbacks on a 
Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> podcast where they can literally just kick their feet back and not watch tape on any of these guys. Hey, it was so mm-hmm. it was so funny. Anyway, Doug talked about them adding EJ Perry last year. He was like, "Yeah, I like this tape. Press like this tape. Mike McCoy watches tape." And I'm like, "You guys had this many people <laughs> devoting time to watching EJ Perry tape? <laughs> that many people high up too? Not just like that's what the draft is, now. dude. Like these guys don't need some. Like I guarantee you, Heath Farwell is going to be watching like punters or something. Sheesh." Well, was there anything else you're going to be watching in Indianapolis? Um, we cover it all. Who asked the worst questions to draft prospects? <laughs> There's going to be somebody who I will just detest being being there that day. There's going to be—I I know it, Gus. I can feel it in my in my bones. Do, are you have a person in mind too? <laughs> no, I, I do. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, I, and I, huh? Never mind. What were you saying? With B, the hell rhymes with B? Bean. I don't know who you're talking about. We'll move on. Gene. <laughs> I love Gene. What, what do you mean, dude? Gene, Gene, Gene invented the, the Chiefs touchdowns. I'm, I'm always grateful to be in his presence. Gene's a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's great interviewer, huh? Yeah, he, I hear those he words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I, I mean, ultimately, like the combine is so weird to me because, like, in a lot of ways, it feels like the draft process shouldn't start until after the combine because that's when you have like kind of the full picture, like on guys, like athleticism, production, everything like that. But the draft is also like almost here already dude like like, it's crazy how close this thing is so i mean just watching as many guys as i can beforehand and you know really like i said earlier putting my ear to the ground and trying to see what people think about you know the jaguars i'm I'm gonna try to find one team executive of somebody that the jaguars beat who can be just completely pissed off at them that's my goal (laughs) and give you like a good just like yeah, I, I I remember a couple of years ago I rode an elevator. A couple of years ago I rode an elevator in I want to say it was in Mobile with a guy from the Raiders who was still pissed about the Jags and Doug Marone beating them in their last game in Vegas, and he he legit was like, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't pee on them if they were on fire and stuff like that. I was like, hey, thanks, oh my man. god, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to find that. I'm trying to find that. <laughs> Pretty sure that was a scout, but I'm trying to find that. Good luck. You got any hot takes before we get out of here? I I, I said earlier, but I guess it's a hot take on Jack's Twitter. But I think you can take Ringo at twenty four and lead the lead the draft happy. Yeah. My other, I guess, hot take would be I I know a lot of people said no to it. NFL.com suggested it. I tweeted it out. But if you can find a trade partner for Roy Robertson Harris, huh? Because if you're going to release them anyways, it's the same money either way if you release them or you trade them. At least this way you get a pick for them. So, I mean, like, I, I would do that. I, I, w- I would take, like, a six-round pick for them. What – I don't know if I'm – like, what team would trade a six-round pick for Raleigh Robertson Harris being paid $10 million? Or would it go further down than that with a trade? Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. There you go. <laughs> I can see Next. it. <laughs> I can see it. Next. Yeah, that's that's probably a fair point. That's probably 
then you, you were going to ask yourself why the Jaguars going to pay him $10 million. I would say, like, I would say I would definitely be interested if another team was interested. A lot of people were saying, like, equivocally, like, no. To trading Roy Robertson Harris? Well, it's just because they don't want to draft Brian Breesy at 24 overall. You want to. <laughs> it would be kind it, of it, funny it, content. It would take me like a couple minutes to get over, and once I got over it, it would be hilarious. Is it wrong ethically to say it's just like Taven Bryan PTSD? And like, because <laughs> that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's right? exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> he's also like, even like without Taven Bryan, to be fair, he's like a pretty unexciting prospect just because he hasn't done a lot the past few years you- at Clemson. He was better as a true freshman, which you never really want to see the case be for prospects. You want to see them, you know, obviously improve as they go. Right. I was going to say the other thing was he was good in high school because I feel like every time, single time someone says his name, they mention that he was like the former number one overall recruit. But I don't know how much since then. Yeah. Now, I, I, we've gotten to the point with guys who are draft eligible now who, when I was like doing research on Ringo, like SI started putting out like their own, like, there, like the Sports Illustrated, like high school, like team of the year, like the top prospects at each position, and like Ringo and his Georgia profile, it says he was named to it. So I'm like, dang man, I'm getting, I'm getting old. Like these guys, like I'm starting to see guys who, like when I started this job, were like in high school are now like about to be first round picks. Crazy. You are old, John. All right, my hot take. <laughs> my hot take is that the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl next year. That's what I've decided. I like that hire. The monk. Monken? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, McDonald, the D.C., seemed pretty legit, like, late last season. Rokon Smith changed the whole offense. Uh, like, I feel like they need to address corner and receiver and then, like, add depth everywhere else. And then they're pretty cool. I mean, and then, obviously, sign Lamar. But I can't see a way that he's, like, at least not playing on a franchise tag or signs a long-term deal. The longer it drags out, like the sketchier it gets, but I feel like he's got to stay a Raven. You don't think they trade Lamar? I mean, they would probably get like a haul, a haul and a haul and a half. What was the report? That they're over like $100 million in guaranteed money apart? In terms of like contract negotiations? I didn't see that. Yeah, they're hundred million dollars in guaranteed money, like apart in negotiations, but not even in total money, like guaranteed They'll money. They'll figure it out. Yeah, that's true. All right. That's... Well, this was a pretty early podcast, and no I want to listen back to this. I'm no, gonna... I'm gonna remember this. I'm, no. I'm gonna remember this. I'm gonna. All right, All right. I'll give you my. I was just looking. Like All right, what's yours? No, I said next podcast. Okay, next podcast. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you can't change from the Ravens now. You cannot change. I don't care if. Anthony Brown starts 17 games with them next year. The Ravens are your Super Bowl pick, and I will monitor all of your content from <laughs> no here way to make sure no. you pick the Ravens. And every time you this don't, I'm bullying. This is bullying. So- I can change it before the season starts. It's a hot, I'm doing it in my hot take, not like official predictions. We need like completely- I should have put a graphic up so you knew it didn't count as a real thing. So hot takes mean nothing to you. I didn't say that. You're jumping to a lot no, of okay, screens yeah. here, John. See, see, you're projecting. <laughs> you're projecting. No, you're projecting. 
<laughs> All right. Well, the Ravens are winning the Super Bowl <laughs> until further notice. Thank you. That's all I ask. All right. Well, John, hope you have a good, safe trip. Get a lot of stories, a lot of good experience, a lot of good Flying food. Flying this time, not driving. Atta boy. First class, nope. private, nope. PG, PG, nope. PJ. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, have a good trip, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Yep. Thanks to all the listeners. Thank you.